Welcome to the C-Level Conversations podcast. Do you want to learn how leaders make their hardest decisions and why? Then you're in the right place. Join us for inspirational and educational interviews with dynamic senior executives across all industry sectors, sharing real-life lessons and practical tips to elevate your career as a leader. And now, here is your host, Amrutha Morali. High performance is usually attributed to championship athletes, sports stars, or sometimes used to describe a motor vehicle's speed. Still, as you'll hear from our next guest, high performance is much broader than the performance on speed. In business, we use the words high performance to describe our company values or behaviors. The real question for many leaders today is defining high performance. Today's guest is Bruce Emery, a trained high performance and transformation leader. He served six years in the Royal Australian Navy and post his military service, he cut his teeth in product marketing with Cadbury and Mars Confectionery. He then made the transition across to financial services and technology with American Express. In recent times, Bruce has worked in the mutual sector and global SaaS technology and payments organizations. In 2014, Bruce completed a 12-month masterclass in high performance, attending training in London, Singapore, and Sydney. Welcome to the show, Bruce. Amrita, thank you very much for having me, and to your listeners, very good morning to all. The topic today is sharing your learnings on implementing high performance, a transition out of the defense force to chocolate bars, then fintech and payments. What a ride. Oh, yeah. It's... uh... It's been a been a fascinating journey, and uh, I can honestly say that I've enjoyed the uh, the Mars and Cadbury chocolate bars, uh, but I'm also enjoying the fintech and technology side of uh, banking as well. So, how has your background assisted in your journey of high performance? Mm, it, look, it's a great cre- question, Amritha. Uh, certainly, on board a warship, you know everything is about high performance. Uh, everyone has to perform a range of tasks uh, with a complete understanding of, you know, the consequences of both underperformance but also of expected performance. I guess, uh, you know, in the chocolate bar manufacturing, ensuring that the recipe is the same each time is also paramount. So there's a lot of synergies in performance there. Uh, across technology and payments, uh, you know, both of those sectors operate on repeatable processes. So you know, they're honed to perform at optimal efficiency and certainly in today's ever-increasing security levels, that's paramount as well in terms of performance. Um, Amritha, in terms of product knowledge transition from the military to chocolate bars and then ultimately to financial services and technology, the strategy, I guess, that uh, you learn in the military, uh, I've applied repeatedly to uh, my corporate career, uh, and you learn a lot about project management, logistics, and performance is everywhere, of course. So it's, it's been a, a big uh, part of my life. Everyone in the team, you know, can usually identify uh, underperformance. It's pretty noticeable in the workplace as well. And, of course, underperformance by a team member in a war zone can have, you know, life-changing consequences, as we know. But in business underperformance has a bigger impact in terms of team morale, corporate culture, the commercial results, and ultimately destroys brand value. 
So for our listeners, can you share your views on how an organization must prepare before embarking on a high-performance journey? Yes, great, great question. Uh, you know, all businesses have KPIs and metrics today, but the business really needs to understand the current situation and whether they're prepared and ready for um, truly introducing high-performance measures and, and a system, if you like, or a process. Um, it's important to understand where you are on that journey today in terms of your people performance, uh, your overall business performance, and then, of course, the organisation culture uh, usually needs to be reviewed as well in terms of moving from current state to a what we call a high-performing culture. And In fact, my experience is that most mission and values uh, statements were appropriate for the time when they're first written, but you know, may not be aligned to the current board or the market expectations or shareholder uh, requirements for the overall metrics that they contribute. So those those things need to be uh, reviewed. Uh, in fact, it's quite common uh, amongst most organisations that uh, they, you know, rock up to their staff on a Monday and say, right, we're now introducing um, a high-performance culture or a high-performance structure, and it's probably the the worst thing that people can do without doing the homework. Um, the homework, the framework, certainly paramount in, in that uh, foundation stone, if you like, to, to develop that high-performance culture. Uh, I've found that very few people really want to work for an underperforming business or be part of an underperforming team. So, you know, that's not generally in our nature. Most of us really want to be part of a winning enterprise, a winning team, a high-performing culture, a high-performing business. So key things to consider, uh, you know, when you sort of look at introducing high performance is are you really able to do this yourself or should you have external help? Uh, it's a it's a major project piece of work on your business and uh, occasionally or sometimes external help to implement the program is required. It's actually not something that uh, the head of HR or the CEO or team leaders or whatever can do on a Friday between four and five. It's got to be a whole of business approach and everyone has a role to play, not just the CEO, as I said, or the head of HR. High performance must have noticeable consequences. So that really means that you, you need to look at your bonus structures, your culture change, your job descriptions, the goals, the performance reviews, how they're conducted, uh, and clear and concise understanding by everyone in the business of what happens when high performance is achieved and what happens when people or the business is underperforming. It must have consequences for both. And they refer to this as full transparency. So if you're in sales, this may be a daily or a weekly published leaderboard that ranks uh, the individual sales team or the individual salesperson's performance. For project managers, um, I've seen similar models as well. And in fact, everyone in the business, from HR to finance to operations to delivery to uh, project managers, as I said, can have a published leaderboard on their performance. It's just uh, the secret is about defining the, the leaderboard. Call centres uh, typically have, you know, measure a measure around handling time or wait time. Uh, so again, you know, that can be incorporated into your metrics and, and measurements. Whatever is the key success measure of high performance should be measured and reported. You know, 
Emritha, high performance really is a system. It's a system that repeats itself. It's activity and progress. Ensure that your activity is focused on progress. Eliminate an activity that is not focused on progress. So by that, I mean that, you know, eliminating any activity that the people are doing in the business that is not focused on moving the business forward should be eliminated. And remember the term busy is like a drug. Busy is not necessarily making progress. Uh, and tempo or the lack of it is a real risk to high performance. So the CEO, everyone in the business creates that, that pace and tempo, and that's very important. If your organisation conducts customer satisfaction surveys or hosts user groups, this can also be considerable advantage to sharing the journey and invite your customers' input into your launching high performance. So essentially the key takeouts on this question is the organisation must acknowledge and need and want to change. That's the first. Need to understand what great looks like or excellence and importantly what bad performance looks like and you need to do that up front. And take the team on the journey early. Include everyone. Let's talk more about the lessons you've learned from implementing the high performance environment and culture in some of the organizations you've worked in. I understand that you've now implemented this process across five businesses since 2014. Yes, that's correct. Um, I guess uh, very early on to me in my journey in high performance uh, induction and training was a real shock around the definition of high performance. Um, and what I found is that most teams, most individuals, most businesses, in fact, don't really have a clear definition of high performance or, in fact, it's not understood across the business. Um, you know, typical is it 5% growth year on year? Is it measured above market growth performance? Is it about improving staff engagement? Uh, it's a whole, you know, to people it means different things. So the first thing uh, that needs to be said is defining uh, getting clarity around the definition of high performance in the team and in the individual and in the business. Uh, and that really needs to be, be published as well. My uh, first conversation with, with a CEO of an organisation is usually about their definition of high performance. And it's a great place to start and understand how they want to measure success. And that's usually the one of the tough conversations as well. Some wish to calculate revenue and profit Others want to focus on people development, engagement, customer satisfaction, innovation, etc. But uh, clarity on the measurement uh, and the method of measuring and the frequency is also important. So they're sort of fundamental steps that I would uh, adopt uh, each time that we talk about uh, introducing high performance. Um, everyone needs to understand how performance will be measured. Uh, I remember, in fact, just recently I, I gave a presentation on high performance to a group of business unit heads from various financial services organisations and I asked the audience to identify if they considered their organisation a high performance organisation. Uh, how do you think the majority responded? Well, over 90% said they did not consider themselves to be working for a high performance organisation uh, and that's you know, very scary, considering most of our our uh, websites talk about operating in a high performance environment. So, if we're confused, if people are confused about their own organisation high performance or their own 
uh, high performance, then that's that's a first realization that there's a problem. You know, all the investment that companies are spending on performance reviews, development days, constant structure changes, increased transparency, etc., is really not benefiting, uh, not getting through in terms of people's performance. And the real issue was that there was no base or understanding on high performance within the team or the organisation. Um, the other thing is, the other lesson around this is around the leadership teams. The leadership team needs to be advocates and have ongoing ownership for performance management post the implementation. It's it's definitely not something that's a one-off training session that everyone back to the usual process. Uh, if you introduce high-performance environments, it's about transformational change. It's about the measurement of success. It has consequences for above performance, and naturally it has consequences for below acceptable agreed performance standards. And that needs to be part of the organisation's DNA. At times, it can be beneficial to uh, launch a high-performance change to a smaller work group first. Uh, and this, at Experian, I did this uh, in 2014, and it ensures very early adoption and advocacy across the business. And trust me, others in the business will notice straight away the difference in the team, in the output, uh, in, this, in the staff engagement as well. One of the topics I haven't covered, though, so far, can be very challenging for a CEO. And this, again, is critical to high-performance environments. The big question is the CEO needs to ask themselves is, do I have the right leadership team? Now, naturally, the same question flows throughout the organisation, but we all know that B-grade performers are likely to continue to deliver B-grade results and low morale and overall change in performance of the organisation. So before you start on the journey, this must be addressed up front. And my experience is that everyone already knows the underperformers in the business or the team. Um, and for various reasons, that may not have been addressed at, at this date, but that needs to be addressed with pace and urgency for a whole variety of reasons. And, and usually one of the reasons is that your B-grade performers are not likely to take you to a high-performance environment. As with any change, the foundation principles apply. Uh, you know, communicate to your whole team very early. Uh, very often have open communication. Once you think you've communicated the message, communicate again. Uh, the team's Workgroup sessions must ensure that the team has identified performance standards and they need to have agreed on them as well. Now, most people feel or most managers like to feel that they need to issue performance standards from the top down. But my experience is that there's a balance of uh, allowing the team to come up with the performance standards or the metrics, but they need some training or coaching on how to define high performance. And this is all about lifting the overall performance. It's about lifting the uh, morale of the team and the team engagement as well. There's really no value in proceeding past this point if everyone is not aligned about the new definition of what we call acceptable standards. So the minimum acceptable standard for performance. Clarity on high, on how, sorry, uh, high performance will be recognised is important as well. So what the steps, clarity on and defining what the steps will be 
for underperformance or improving performance and complete transparency to everyone on how underperformance will be addressed, the timeline for expected return to high performance, and of course, actions if performance does not return to acceptable standards. Um, you know, normal HR uh, process and policy applies, but you can have a timeline to that process. My experience is that once everyone understands the definition of high performance uh, and what indeed underperformance represents, and the consequences for both, everyone quickly sorts themselves out. And, you know, the best should get the most, as they say. Uh, so if you adopt that sort of philosophy, you're well on the journey. Now, for clarity, this is about improving the performance of the organisation. So some people will need more help than others to develop uh, to an acceptable standard. But in the first step, that's a good position to start with. But the process starts on day one and should not be conducted over a long period. So address underperformance day one and move on it quickly. No real surprise. Two other observations, Emretha, that uh, I want to share with yourself and your listeners is that, again, experience has shown that staff engagement scores definitely improve when people are knowing know that they work for a high-performing organisation and they can see reward and benefit for high performance. We, I've seen individual performance improve as a result of the process, uh, certainly increased transparency between the organisation's performance, each team and individuals. It also creates a competitive, uh, healthy spirit in the business. And another benefit is that customers will notice the difference as well. So most high performance drivers are focused on people performance across the business. And this has a dramatic impact on customer engagement as well. Right. So strong leaders and empowered, engaged employees, transparency, clarity, continuous learning and openness to change are all key characteristics of a high performance culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, from experience, uh, you need to go through a bit of a process to introduce those, but uh, and that becomes the DNA, but that is going to be the success of the business. Thank you so much, Bruce, for sharing your insights. Where can our listeners connect with you online? Yeah, LinkedIn's the best form. So send me a message on LinkedIn. I'll be happy to uh, see if I can help or point you in the right direction. Great. The links will be on the show notes. Bruce, in summary, what are the top three takeaways from our conversation today? Yes, yeah, so look, the, the three takeouts, if you like, is is be brave and just do it. Um, create the culture of a high-performing organisation, but limit limit your, your aspirations or your KPIs or your business goals to the top four. So again, that's a process that you can go through to define what are the, you know, of the 10, 15 KPIs that you might have or some people have, uh, what are the top three or four real business drivers that are going to move the business forward. Number two would be understand what great looks like in your organisation with your teams, with your business, and manage performance. Know how you're going to manage it, publish it, uh, address it up front, and don't delay on that process. And the final point uh, really is take your people on the journey early. I can't overemphasize that uh, the most. when. I first started uh, doing my master class. 
after the first training day, I came back to the office and got the team together and talked about uh, the journey I had started for a 12-month masterclass. And people were a little bit uh, taken back and, you know, asked a lot of questions. But importantly, everyone was, became interested in what we were doing. And when we all know that when your employer starts taking an interest in employees, you get a payback for that as well. There are so many benefits in developing a high-performance culture. Bruce, you shared some profound insights for leaders looking to implement a high-performance culture. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and learnings on high-performance with us today. Thank you, Aime Rutha, and I've enjoyed talking to your listeners as well. Thank you. That was Bruce Emery. You can find the links on the show notes on our website, jobfits.com.au. This is Amrita Murali. Thank you for listening to the C-Level Conversations podcast.